Welcome to the Heart to Kill podcast, the official podcast of the Heart to Kill program, the world's leading program for driven individuals looking to gain direction and momentum, where we aim to break down the complex, multifaceted and holistic factors of human performance and optimization. Both on the program and on this podcast, we will be discussing and excavating everything pertaining to psychological resilience, physical robustness, and leading by example with discipline and tenacity to create a culture of winning, especially in the turbulent, frenetic, and high-tempo world of the ambitious individual. This is Mark, the creator, senior DS, and head coach of the Heart of Kill program. Let's get stuck straight into it. So in today's episode, I want to begin to discuss the use of language and the specific importance of paying attention to the use of your language. And most notably, we're going to be discussing one word. Now, if you're listening to this, I can definitely relate to the thought process of what the fuck difference is one word possibly going to make? How can changing one word have any kind of impact or effect moving forwards? But throughout the course of this episode, I really, really want to help you understand the importance as an overarching concept of our use of language and how this one word really is pivotal and transformational in how we utilize our inner narratives and our inner dialogue to take us away from critical and a voice of judgment preloaded with expectation and societal beliefs that have been pressed upon us to one that's more informative, that one that's curious and ultimately one that's aligns with a sentiment we refer to as equanimity or neutral thinking, which can then facilitate us moving on without judgment or shame or guilt to actually facilitating what we're truly capable of achieving. So that's it from a 30,000 foot perspective. And now, obviously, we're going to get into the weeds and we're going to navigate this conversation and talk about the importance of it, okay? So if you've followed me, you will know that I'm not necessarily the most aligned with a lot of individuals on social media who perpetrate and and like to regurgitate the word mindset, okay? Now, mindset is kept ambiguous deliberately by a lot of those individuals and ignorantly by others. Those of them who are keeping it um, shaded and ambiguous purposely are more often than not doing it for a degree of financial gain via unethical modalities but more problematically is those that are keeping it under wraps through pure ignorance because they don't actually understand what mindset means but it does sound really powerful in a fucking marketing pitch so that's why they often say okay we can work on your mindset so on and so forth when they don't really understand the fabric and the substance of what it is that they're talking about now nine times out of ten what we're actually referring to when we start talking about the topic of mindset is our inner voice, our intrinsic dialogues and narratives, all of which are generally created and presented to us by the unconscious mind. Now, throughout this topic of conversation, throughout this episode, I am going to be keeping it relatively light on that front. I am going to be kind of skipping across the top of the subject because it would be very, very easy for us to go off on any one of a number of different distractions and tangents and really go into granular depth and get distracted from keeping the main thing that main thing. So I really do encourage you, if you hear anything today that you don't necessarily agree with, or that piques your interest or you'd like to know more about, is do one of two things. One, either actually reach out and just message me and be like, mate, I'm really curious about that. Or mate, I actually think you're wrong. I'd like to discuss that. In which case, I'll never be anything but receptive. Or actually go away and do your own independent research. Because more often than not, that's what I'm actually trying to encourage people to do, is be objective, be curious, question what you're listening to, question the narratives. Because, you know, you should not take what I say for gospel or for granted. I spend an enormous volume 
volume of time studying and understanding and researching and then trying to understand the counter arguments to ensure that I'm coming to this with the, the best information I have available to me at this point in time. So I really encourage you to do the same because that level of critical thinking and research capability is imperative in, in a longer term trajectory of you achieving the greatest version of yourself. But to, to return back to the original point, we are only going to skip across the point that the top of today and we're not going to go into these tangential um, avenues of uh, let's go into the, the depth and granularity of X, Y, and Z. We're going to keep it about communication. We're going to keep it about use of language. We're going to keep it about this one word. So when we talk about mindset, we're normally referring to the unconscious mind. And as a result of that, you know, whenever you're in a narrative or your dialogue is talking to you by default, by very definition, it has a voice. Okay. Going back centuries, people thought you were fucking mental if you admitted to having a voice, but now it's something that's really quite widely accepted that your voice is speaking to you and it's offering you suggestions and it's talking to you. Now, how loud or how clear that is, is largely dependent on nothing more than your current levels of self-awareness or your emotional literacy. So there may be some people listening to this who are like, what the fuck are you on about? I've not got a fucking Scooby. Like, I've never heard a voice in my head. To, to which I would say that's a fantastic realization in the first instance, because it means that you have an enormous opportunity for improvement. And if you go away and you look to utilize practices of meditation and journaling specifically, you will enhance a degree of self-awareness that I can guarantee will exponentially improve your quality of life, your fulfillment, and your ability to perform in any one of a number of different situations. But for the vast majority, I would hazard a guess you're attending this conversation with already an understanding that there is a little voice in your head. Sometimes it comes from weird places and it says fucking weird things and it's a bit fucking raged and it can be very um, critical or, or condescending or any one of a number of different things. But understand that, yeah, that is your that is your unconscious mind and that is your inner narrative and that is the, the guts, that is the vast majority of what we're referring to with mindset in that topic of conversation. So understand from the first instance that whenever that inner voice, whenever that inner narrative, whenever that dialogue is talking to you, it is giving you an opportunity to, to reconnoitre and surveil it. It is literally like a muzzle report. It is giving you a target ID. You are able to see where it's coming from, you know, you listen to what it's saying, and then you can begin to follow that upstream. So I want to give you an example here. Let's pretend you are on let's pretend you're doing something that's extraordinarily arduous. So you're walking up a really fucking aggressive incline with a fuckload of weight on your back and it's against the clock and you've got to get to the top. Now, there's largely going to be three camps of people here. There's going to be camp number one who are the positive thinkers, the people who are always jumping around, bouncing around, smiling on their face and they like to see the positive outlook and everything. Then there's going to be the negative thinkers, people who really struggle with self-criticism and deprecation so on and so forth. And then there's going to be a, a camp of people, a very small minority of people that we would refer to as like a, a neutral thinkers or people who are able to engage in neutral thinking. Now, all three of these people will experience all three varieties of thinking, but most people will be dominantly in one camp or the other. In that situation, understand that the positive thinking is not going to help you. When you hit when your central governance starts to kick in and your biopsychological models of pain and fatigue are communicating with you that, oh my God, your heart rate has gone through the roof. All of our chemoreceptors are getting flooded with, with metabolites. Like you, we are going to start shutting you down. All of that positive bullshit, all of those pictures of Tommy Shelby and fucking lions and wolves on Instagram or, or platitudes about you can do it are about as much use as fucking tits on a ball at that present moment in time, okay? And it's, it's gonna leave you. And then you're immediately gonna find yourself in the second camp, which is the negative thinkers, which is 
is, what if I'm not fit enough? I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not the kind of person who achieves this. And then you'll start looking to do other things like you'll compare and contrast so on and so forth. You look at the guy in front of you and be like, well, he's a fucking ninja. And if he's smashing the ass out of it, there's no way that I can do it. He's well bigger than me. He's older than me. He looks more experienced than me. So, you know, that is how negative thinking will enter the conversation. Then lastly, you've got your neutral thinkers. And this does not come without some degree of, of inherent skill and ability. And it normally means that people have grown up through some form of traumas or have done really hard selection uh, environments or courses or, or sporting things in the, in the past. And they've learned how to self-regulate. And those are the people who realize that the positive voice is useless. The negative use is counterproductive. So actually, they're just going to ask themselves to keep putting one foot in front of the other and kind of, kind of switch that voice off, just ignore it a little bit. So what we aspire to do is get you to that neutral mindset. Okay, we want to get you to a degree of neutrality, which is otherwise called equanimity. But how do we even begin to look at doing that? How can we even impact and affect what's happening? Well, again, let's refer to the, 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 the topic of today, the use of language. Because when you're in those moments, when you're in those real uh, opportunities to see into your inner mind and your inner dialogue, when you're getting those chances to reconnoiter and surveil what that language is saying to you, it's already too late to try and coach yourself in that moment. You have to have studied it, you have to have practiced it, and you have to have had a, a background and you have to have repeatedly made the correct decisions in a controlled and training environment time and time and time and time and time again in order to actually get to there. If you think that just hearing this is enough, if you think that, oh yeah, I could fucking do that, mate, I fucking need to do that, mate, yeah, I'll just fucking crack on, just fucking reg it out. And I'm sorry to tell you, but you are wrong. In fact, I'm not sorry to tell you, you just are fucking wrong. You have to understand that this has to be practiced time and time and time and time again. And that is so much of why why we're having this conversation today and it is an enormous component of what it is we do in the hard to kill program and i genuinely believe us to be the best at the world at doing in the hard to kill program because now i've got to look at well how can we actually begin training that and where are the possible pitfalls so let's reverse engineer from that point so we gave the example there of like you're on an event and then the the inner narrative and that conversation can be positive negative or or largely neutral and instructional how can we even influence our ability to get there like, so how can we even lead up to that point? And why is our use of language even important there? Well, if you are someone who believes that you should be able to train yourself and you should be able to prepare yourself and you should already have those skills, knowledge and information and you shouldn't be struggling in this environment, then that word is the single underpinning factor in your inner narratives that will hold you back and likely seal your fate on that course or that environment or that very, very hard moment in time. Be very, very aware of that. And as I've just alluded to, it's not gonna be a single knockout blow. It is gonna be exactly akin to a boxing match. It's gonna be 10,000 well-timed, well-placed jabs of your inner narrative, just boom, 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 just tapping away, just working away, volume and flurries, just keeps tapping, keeps coming, keeps coming, keeps coming. And the utilization of that word should is so much, so often the case, what is holding a person back. So when we begin to follow the upstream, when we're hearing that word should, let's actually begin to, to follow that up. So in order to do so, I'm going to offer you a little bit of context here. I'm going to talk a little bit about transactional analysis, which is a hypothesis and a structure from CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. And we're going to look at ego states, okay? Whenever we are talking to ourselves in our mind and wherever we're using like our inner narratives, which is pretty much all the time, understand that we have an ego. We all have an ego. Red-blooded men specifically have a very fucking strong one, but we all have an ego. But that ego can turn up in different ways or different states. And 
The one that we're specifically concerned with here is what we would refer to as our critical parent ego state. So when you're in that training environment, uh, when you're pushing yourself hard, and you're starting to hear that critical narrative say should, you should already know this, you should be able to do this, you shouldn't be struggling here, you shouldn't need a coach, you shouldn't need external help, you, you're supposed to be fucking X blokes, you're supposed to be X, Y, and Z, you should not need external help, what's the fucking point? Like, you should already know all this. Whenever you're hearing these conversations, understand that more often than not, in fact, every single like case, you were not born with that voice. You were not born with those beliefs and those perspectives. You have been exposed to a opinions and you have been infused with those beliefs. People have projected their beliefs onto you and you have accepted them as your own. They have formulated and created your worldview, okay? It is estimated that our unconscious mind, it deals with over 7 million bits of information at all times. Like there is no known limit to how many bits of information that our unconscious mind can process, okay? It's extraordinarily powerful. But from that, our conscious mind, based on the latest research, can only deal with seven bits of information at any one point in time. Seven. That is it. So how does it get from, you know, potentially tens of millions to seven? Well, the human mind will delete, distort, and generalize based on your filters, on your beliefs, and what your brain believes to be important and true to you at that present moment in time. So if you've had these opinions bestowed upon you, if you've absorbed these beliefs, then guess what? You're actually not seeing the reality that someone next to you is seeing. So quickly flashing back to an analogy if you're on the hill and there's two guys next to each other and they're both fucking hanging out, sucking it in from London town. But one guy who's engaged in neutrality, he's just putting one foot in front of the other and he's just cracking on. And the other person is just cannibalizing themselves, telling themselves they're never going to do it. They shouldn't be here in the first place. They're not as good as that bloke. And I haven't got a fucking catch chance of hell of passing this. I may as well fucking rap now. Understand that is it is the belief systems and how they're seeing the world around them that is determining their capacity to actually achieve success in that present moment in time. You have to be very, very, very aware of that. So the word should has not just appeared in your vernacular. The expectations that you have on yourself are not your own. You have accepted those. You have downloaded them, if you like, if you want to call it that, from the people around you. And whenever you catch yourself using the word should, understand that should is enormously dangerous. Should is a word of judgment. It is a word loaded with expectation and even guilt. But then you've got a question, you know, as we've spoken to, when you're hearing these voices, and when you're hearing this word, that's a fantastic opportunity to reconnoitre and surveil them and say, well, where the fuck's that coming from? And the most important question you can ask yourself, who's passing those judgments? Whose voice is that? And where did I learn to think like that? When did I learn to think like that? Because although it's called the critical parent ego state, it doesn't actually have to be a parental figure. It does not have to be mum or dad. In fact, more often than not, it is not. When I've really looked at excavating these parts of my psyche and I've looked at my inner, inner narratives and dialogues, it's actually been focused on other people that didn't appear until my late teens and early 20s. And you will notice this, okay? So if you allow yourself to sit and think and study that, whenever you're self-deprecating or being unnecessarily self-critical or harsh or demeaning or detracting from yourself and your abilities, I would absolutely guarantee that you begin to use a different tone or a different cadence, i.e. The, the rate at which you speak and different language. You might swear more frequently or use a specific type of swear word. Even your physiology or, or your body language is often referred to will change 
accents can even change you know if you're if you're as, as an example because it's a strong accent if you're a Geordie but you've been living down south for 10 years but you go back to that critical parent ego state you're in a narrative might even get more fucking northeastern again for those of you international followers by the way Geordies are from Newcastle right it's a very distinguished distinguished and poignant accent but you'll notice that you know that might even change and understand it's because you're literally modeling it around the person who installed that specific belief system into you because at one point in your life you accepted it as true and it might have even served you more often than not if it's in there it means it has served you at some point in time but as is always the case the level of thinking that's created this problem is not going to be the level of thinking that's capable of solving it or otherwise articulated new levels new devils and whilst that level of thinking are you telling yourself that you're a fucking piece of shit and that you know you've got to fucking do this you've got to fucking prove everyone wrong otherwise you're a fucking failure might have got you to the start line but it will not get you to the fucking finish line and even if we use another analogy even if we use the analogy of people who are going for interviews for like high firing professional roles or they're going in front of boardrooms or they're pitching in sales meetings if you've been self-deprecating and saying I shouldn't be in this room I'm absolutely fucking winging this like I do not deserve to be here i shouldn't have done this in the first place like it, it, again it's the exact same the, the, the specific situation scenario is obviously interchangeable but the story and the mechanics of what's happening behind the scenes are exactly the same and it's really important we have that understanding so we've gotten to the point in the conversation now where we realize that right our, our mindset can determine and dictate so much of what we achieve. And the main thing we're speaking to in mindset is obviously our inner narrative. And that our inner narrative has a, has a language that it uses. And that language can either be instructive or it can be critical. And more often than not, if it's critical, it's actually been implanted by somebody else and it will use words like should. Then we can begin to question that and say, well, who says I should? Like, where's that voice coming from? Now, the, the the thing that we're doing here is we're not attempting to get an answer to that question. It can be helpful sometimes and it can give you a wry smile to be like, oh, fucking hell, that's, that's such and such. That's not how I speak. Or oh, that, that's my mum or oh, that's, that's what my fucking dad used to say to me. That can be enormously releasing in itself just to realise that. But understand that's not really the point of this exercise because what now I want to do is offer you a framework and a solution that can immediately flip that on its fucking head and change you from critical, condescending and depth to curious and neutral and uh, neutral fucking curious and neutral okay and all we're going to do is we're going to take that word should and we're going to change it we're going to change two fucking letters and change it from should to could so in an environment we're like i should know this you can change should for i could know this okay yeah i could know this so let's take the example of training you know let's pretend that you're doing an event you, you've registered for your first Ironman okay and you're struggling with your training you're thinking fucking I've been training 10 years I should know this I should know how to do this well let's change should for could I, I could know this and I could know how to do it because then by default you're gonna ask follow-up questions well yeah I could so why don't I well, because I've been largely focused on my career, on other priorities and different responsibilities that I have in life. And whilst I've always enjoyed training, you know what? I'm actually not a professional in this space and I haven't allocated an enormous amount of time to studying modalities of the specifics of strength and conditioning, of energy systems, so on and so forth. So yes, I could know this, but the reality is my actions haven't been congruent with knowing that. So actually that's okay because I want to get better here. So maybe I should look at speaking to somebody about this. So you see then immediately we go from 
condescending and deprecating and self-critical to curious and we're actually exploring and excavating that because more often not the way in which resilience is actually going to show up in your life is just the courage to pursue what it is that you're curious about okay it's what we're looking looking for in our candidates and applicants more often than not is do they have the courage to pursue what they're actually curious about and that is opening the door and saying what am i really capable of and stepping through that door despite not even knowing what the answer is going to be more often than not so understand that that's how this can do so let's take again the the example of you know guys who are preparing to do something extraordinarily challenging and they're looking and they're thinking about getting a coach but then they're telling themselves I, I should be i should know this i should be able to do this myself now i'm a fucking professional bloke i fucking should be all over this i should not have to hire external help well i could be all over this i could know this i could not ask for help but then let's follow the, the, the natural default questions. Yeah, I could not ask for help. But in a reality whereby I might actually be able to expedite the process, I may alleviate bandwidth and I may perform to a greater extent. Why would I not? Hmm. So where did that expectation of should come from? Is that the blokes around me who have projected that onto me and I've just picked it up as my own? Is that my ego telling me that I should be able to know this and I should be able to self-serve and I should be able to do all things because that's not the truth. No man is an island and anyone we care to look at who is enormously successful, irrespective of whether that's the top tiers of, of soldiering or whether that's you know world-class athletes, entrepreneurs, business people, CEOs, whoever it is you care to look at, no single one has done it on their own. And if they try and tell you they have, they are absolutely effervescent with shite. I can think of a couple of people off the top of my head, okay? <laughs> We're like, no, I'm a fucking self-made man. I've, I've done it over my back, pulled me to over my bootstraps. No, you fucking didn't, okay? Absolutely, no, you fucking did not. There are going to be people who have contributed, who have aided and abetted, who have helped, who have supported, who have given input or insight. There are going to be people who are instrumental to that. Whereas the reality is, and this is a harsh reality, one that might not be very popular to, for bringing to your attention, but it's the fucking truth. The most poor people on earth, the people who are most struggling and are very, very close to the, to the line of poverty, normally work two or three jobs. So what can we learn from that? Multitasking and trying to do multiple different things and hard work unsupported clearly are not fucking working. Okay, and we, we can look at any continent on earth and that same story is going to be true. So if I'm going to receive some fucking messages challenging my beliefs and my opinions, and I, I would suggest it would be surround that area, but I actually encourage you to go away and do the research and come back to me and prove me wrong. Now, I'm not for a second making an alleg um, allegation or suggestion that people don't start from different environments and that people don't have different situations and don't have different circumstances. That much is all 100% true. And I'm not for a second suggesting that, oh, if one person would just to, to change one word and do less work that actually they'd fucking be you know in, in a different situation in life again that is not true i'm talking about you know the people that are specifically interested in listening to this people who are already at 60 or 70 percent of their, their true potential and are now looking to either use the word should continue to harbor harmful inner narratives and just go into the bunker mentality or work harder in which case you're only ever get the same outcome or those same people who could actually listen to this transplant one word understand there is a degree of curiosity they can explore they can get help they can get support and they can actually work smarter as well as like applied effort in the right search and situation circumstances and they can go on to excel and thrive okay so context absolutely important here i know in the current world there's not that much room uh, for nuance and gray areas but this is a gray area that we're discussing here okay so please do take that contextual information into consideration whenever you're discussing this but Let's look through what it is we've covered so far. We now know that mindset is a largely misunderstood and misrepresented word, but more often not what we're referring to in mindset is actually our inner narratives. 
off the back of that, we understand that our inner narrative obviously has a voice and it can speak to us. And whenever we tend to do hard things or challenging things, we're going to hear that inner voice very loud. And that is our opportunity to surveil and reconnoitre that. So we're gaining information and we can start asking questions of that. When we're listening to that, if it's starting to use words that are negative and starting to use words that are, have belief systems attached to them, then we can start questioning, where did I learn to think like that? And we now know that the word should is a, is a word loaded with societal expectation, with judgment, and even with guilt. And if we hear the word should, we can actually transplant and change that for the word could. And therefore, we are going to engage curiosity. And between you and I, creativity is actually the number one survival skill on earth okay creativity your ability to creatively solve problems within a constraint so when you actually begin to be curious and you might be asking well what fucking good is that going to do me being curious that's not going to help yes it really is because for every single one of you listening to this there's going to be various different nuances and levels of granular detail and interchanges and relationships that make this problem specific to you and obviously when we work with clients in the hard to kill program we really really get into the weeds of all that and we look to understand every single interaction in your life and then we can help lead you to insight at a very accelerated rate and we can expedite this process but for you now listening to this all i aspire for you to do is understand okay so there are multiple moving parts but the story is the same so where can i look at my use of language and where can i begin to change that in order to actually have a more equanimous or a more neutral mind and therefore i can be more self-supporting and i can use curiosity to begin to solve these problems because creativity is good when you when you feel safe when you feel most happy is when you're going to be able to creatively create solutions ironically to all of these problems okay and you're going to connect the dots in a way that you can't when you feel stressed or when you feel angry or when you feel fearful and guess what your mind your conscious mind is not really able to determine and decipher between someone else calling you a cunt and your own intrinsic narrative calling you a cunt and if someone stood there screaming at you barking at you gobbling off telling you you're a shit cunt and you're not good enough you're rarely ever going to feel safe free of free from fear or free from stress the same is true when you're in a narrative that in a dialogue is calling you a cunt and telling you you're not good enough and questioning why you're even there in the first place you're rarely going to feel free from stress free from fear and therefore your thinking is not going to be expansive and creative it's not going to give you the best possible nuanced and and, and a novel uh, solution to that problem all it's ever going to suggest to you is what it knows it's already worked and will, will probably keep you alive but if it, as we've already discussed today, just because it's worked in the past doesn't mean it's going to work now. The level of thinking that solved that problem is probably not going to solve this problem. With new levels come new devils. So you have to be creating and cultivating an internal environment that allows you to feel safe, that allows you to feel free from distress, so like the harmful form of stress, and free from fear. And when you can cultivate that environment, that is when you're going to do be at your happiest, your most fulfilled, and you're going to have all these cascades of creative problem-solving abilities coming to your fingertips, okay? So so much of what we do from a very, very high contour perspective at the hard to cure program when we're looking at training is we're looking at exploring a, uh, an individual's current physiological and psychological capabilities and that means where they're at from a physical perspective but also where their self-talk is out uh, from a psychological perspective and then frequently taking them through exploit phases whereby we look to test and really challenge and put them up against it whether that be through life circumstance or training stresses one or the other and inside a controlled and safe and constrained environment whereby again we can reconnoiter and surveil what's happening where can we improve what's the weak link in the chain now let's implant that new bit of information that wisdom that training or that insight and then let's go back into an explore phase and see how they operate under that operating system and then we'll repeat that process and we go through an upward trajectory of improvement so from the top down that is an understanding of how use of language is extraordinarily 
unavoidably important when it comes to high performance, when it comes to being hard to kill. And ignore it at your peril because the, it's not the 80s and 90s anymore. Okay, people do not live under the same means and circumstances. And just yelling at yourself that you're a cunt and that you fucking stop being a shit house and fucking get on with it, stop being a fucking shit bloke, so on and so forth, is not actually going to motivate you because believe it or not, sooner or later, you, in your weakest moment, you'll start to believe it's true. And therein lies the problem, okay? So that is pretty much everything that I want to talk about today with regards to the use of language. And as I said at the beginning, I really encourage if you've taken value from this, please do let me know. Please like share a podcast to your friends and families or colleagues, people that you feel might benefit from it too. If you have questions, if you have feedback, if you want to be objective, if you want to offer creative feedback, or even if you just want to say I'm a fucking gobshite, then again, I do genuinely really welcome that. I'd love to hear where you're at with it all. But otherwise, I hope that's impactful. I hope that's beneficial and advantageous it is for so many of our guys. 